0: Only then, that which is nameless, comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti Podcast. Is there a sustained attention? Of course not. So, it is important to understand why there is inattention. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of Urgency of Change. Season 3 of the Krishnamurti podcast continues with the format of carefully chosen extracts from the Philosopher's Talks. Each weekly episode focuses on a theme explored by Krishnamurti, and the aim is to represent his different approaches to these universal topics. This week's theme is Attention and Inattention. Upcoming themes are Accumulation, Killing and Help. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK, which is also home to the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre. Situated in the beautiful countryside of the South Downs National Park, the Krishnamurti Centre offers quiet retreats for those wishing to inquire into themselves, in light of Krishnamurti's teachings. Please visit KrishnamurtiCentre.org.uk for more information. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, which helps its visibility. This week's episode on attention and inattention has five sections. The first extract is from the first question and answer meeting in Bombay, 1985, titled Why aren't we capable of sustaining attention?
0: Why is it that we are not capable of sustaining attention for more than a couple of minutes? Ask yourself that question. First of all, why do you want to sustain something all the time? You want to sustain pleasure all the time, right? You want gratification, you want certain Conclusions to be continuous. You want certain relationship to be lasting, sustained, nourished. Why this desire to have a continuity? You answer my question. You want to sustain attention. Why? Because somebody has told you attention is very important, or you have discovered for yourself the nature of attention. Therefore, you have to inquire what is inattention. You understand? What is important is not attention, but what is inattention, not attending. Right? We have divided the two. You follow? Not having complete attention and also lacking that which is inattention, not attending. Now, which is important? Important in this sense. Which is on which should we look? I mean, not on this. which is. Is not inattention more important than attention? Hm? Would you agree? To- because if I understand what is in attention, then there is attention. Right? So, what is not attending? We are talking over together now. Are you attending all the time, or only part of the time? Please, just look at at it for yourself. Look at it, go into it for yourself. Are you really paying attention to what is being said now, or only for a few seconds or a few minutes and then go off to something else? Is there a sustained attention? Of course not. So, it is important to understand why there is inattention. Is, is there such a thing as inattention? You understand my question? Are you, are you interested in all this? Inattention is distraction. Right? That is what you call distraction. Is there a distraction at all? I want to think about something, and then that very thought goes off to something else, and going off I call distraction. Right? Is not thought itself a distraction. I wonder if you see that. I want to concentrate on the subject and I can do that only for a few minutes and then thought goes off to something else. And the Thinking about something else instead of what I'm supposed to be thinking about is called distraction. But if I don't call it distraction, but follow that Yes sir, I'm concentrating on reading a chapter and I watch it. I see that thought is also going off to something else. Then I say that is a distraction, but I won't call it a distraction. To me, that doesn't exist at all. Personally, to me, there is no distraction because I follow what you call distraction. I don't say I must read this chapter or these few lines, but I'll whatever direction thought moves, watch it so that there is no sense of distraction which means no division. I wanted you to see this so that there is a watching attention and non-attention then non-attention is attention <laughs> you see that. See how we are distracted by words. The word distraction is a very destructive process because you want to concentrate on something, and therefore, the other is called moving away from that is called distraction. Thought is always moving. It is never static. It is always in action, whether you are asleep, whether you are waking or daydreaming or doing something or other, it is in action, it is a movement. And thought is a material process. I wonder if you understood because thought is based on memory, experience, knowledge, and that is stored in the brain, and the brain contains contains millions and millions of cells, and those cells hold memories. This is scientific fact. And they are always in movement. So, one begins to discover the brain has its own rhythm, not the rhythm of thought. I wonder if you but well, I won't go into all that. Now we are asking, is it possible to watch To watch, to be absolutely watching all the time, that's really under form of asking, can I sustain attention? Is attention brought about through effort? And if you make an effort, is that attention? That is, practice attention – lovely idea. Practice day after day, watching your body, the movements, you follow, all the game you play with. And at the end you say, yes, I have learnt attention. Is attention a form of acquiring memory about attention? You understand my question? Is attention gathered through practice, through various forms of psychological training, or there is attention only? not inattention. If you understand inattention, there is attention. And it is never sustained. Why should you attend all the time? Then you can look at the stars, and also that requires attention. So, there is no distraction.
1: The second extract is from Krishnamurti's first talk at Rajgat in 1967, titled What takes place when you give complete attention?
0: Look at a tree. Please, this is very important. You may have heard the speaker say this often. But to really to look at a tree is one of the most difficult things to look at something. One can look at a tree because it is objective, away from the centre, there. When you look at that tree, how do you look at it? Do you look at it with your mind? Or do you look at it with your eyes? Or do you look at it with your eyes plus the mind? You're following all this? Huh? Most of us look. If you, if you ever looked at a tree, which I'm afraid most of us have not, we're too occupied with our own little selves and bodies and all the rest of the ugliness. Mm? If we do look at the tree, we not only visually see it with the eyes, but also that tree evokes certain memories. Certain associations. I look at that tree and say that's a tamarind. When I say that it is a tamarind, or a mimosa, or whatever it is, I've already stopped looking. When I classify a tree, I have stopped looking. Do observe it yourself because my mind is already distracted by saying that it is a tamarind. Whereas to look at a tree, I must give complete attention to the look. So, to look is only possible when there is no, when thought in no way interferes with the look. That is, thought which is memory, experience, knowledge. And when all that comes in, it is interfering from looking, which means attentive. Now, it is fairly easy to look at a tree, because it is something outside, but to look at oneself actually what one is, to look at this violence without any condemnation, justification, explanation, just to look at it, because to look demands… to look you must have plenty of energy. Now look what is happening here. The speaker is saying something to you. To listen, to find, to to listen, you have to give your whole attention. To find out exactly what he's saying, you must give attention. But if you are taking notes, if you are looking at somebody else, if you are tired, if you are sleepy, if you are yawning, scratching, you know, agreeing, disagreeing, then you are not giving complete attention. So to listen to the bird, to that train that is going over that bridge. to listen to the movement of the wind in the leaves, not casually, but to listen to it, you must have tremendous energy which can only come into being when there is no explanation, when thought doesn't say, this tree is trees pleasant, that noise of that train is interfering with my listening and so on, so on, so on. so can i and can you look at this violence whose cause we we have explained somewhat can i look at that violence without any justification don't condemn it can i look at it as it is What takes place when you give your complete attention to look at the thing that we call violence, violence being not only the thing that separates human beings through belief, through conditioning and so on and so on, but also… The violence that comes into being when we are seeking personal security or the security of, pers- of individuality through a pattern of society and so on, so on. Can I look at all, can I look at that violence Com- with complete attention? You know, when you look at that violence with complete attention, what takes place? When you give complete attention to anything, when you are learning history, mathematics, or looking at your wife or husband completely, with total attention, what takes place? I do not know if you have gone into it. Probably most of us have never given complete attention to anything. But when you do, what takes place? So what is attention? Surely when you are giving complete attention there is care. And you cannot care if you have no affection, no love. And when you give attention in which there is love, is there violence? You are following? Before I have condemned violence. I have escaped from it. I have justified it. <coughs> I have said it is natural. <coughs> Which are all inattention. <coughs> but when I give attention to what I have called violence, and in that attention there is care, love, affection. Where is there space for violence? <coughs> so it is important when we are going into this question of violence <coughs> to understand very deeply <coughs> What is attention? Attention is not concentration. Concentration is the most stupid way of dealing with anything. (coughs) When a schoolboy or a girl (coughs) wants to is forced, rather, to concentrate on the book when he wants to look out of the window. What takes place? You want to look out of the window and the teacher says, look at the book, concentrate. What takes place? There is a conflict, isn't there? You want to look at the beauty or you want to casually look at the tree or who is going by, or watch that bird on sitting there cleaning itself, preening itself. And at the same time you feel you must look at the book. So what takes place? There is conflict, isn't there? You want to see there and at the same time you want to look <coughs> at the book. In that conflict you are neither looking at the book nor looking at the tree. Whereas if you were really attentive, huh, then you would be attentive both to everything, to the colour, to the people sitting next to you, what they are doing, what how they are scratching their head, taking notes, not paying attention, you know, you would be aware of everything. So violence is not to be fought against. Is not to be suppressed, not to be transcended, transmuted, gone above and beyond. Violence is to be looked at and when you look at something with care, with attention you begin to see, you begin to understand and therefore there is no place for violence at all. It is only the inattentive, the thought the persons who are prejudiced that are violent. So the stupid are violent, not the man who is attentive, who who looks, cares, has love. Then there is no place for violence, either in gesture or in word or in action.
1: The third extract is from the fourth talk in Bombay, 1979, titled Awareness of Inattention is Attention.
0: We all need a quiet mind, a peaceful mind, an absolute silent mind, without a murmur of thought. Is that possible? Possible means we don't know. If you know already, that knowledge is the remembrance of something of the past, therefore it is not a quiet mind. So we are saying, is it possible to have an absolutely mind that is without a ripple? We are going to find out. To discover if it is possible, first you must understand the nature of attention. What is the nature of attention, to attend? And what is the nature of inattention, not attention? Right? And what is the nature of concentration, and what is the nature of distraction? You are following all this? First of all, what do you what does one mean by concentration? That's what most people try to do concentrate, right You're taught from childhood to concentrate. In school, you say, "Look at your book. You don't look out of the window. So... What do we mean by concentration? And who is it that is concentrating? Thought – that's why thought has projected a, an image or an idea, a concept, and, or a picture on that you concentrate. That means exclude all other thoughts. But the exclusion becomes impossible because thought itself is divisive. I wonder if you understand this. No, you don't. So, There is no distraction. Thought says, concentrate on that, and any movement away from that is distraction. But the movement away from it is the movement of thought. Thought says, concentrate. And thought also moves away from it. The moving away from it is distraction. But thought itself is a distraction because it moved away. You're following all this? I wonder if you see this. Don't, please don't, don't laugh. Look at it. This is very, very serious if you want to go into meditation. So there is no distraction. Because thought itself is a distraction. The moment it says I must concentrate. Right? And what is attention and what is not being able to attend? Say you have, you have been here for nearly over an hour. You are tired at the end of the day, you've listened to a lot of words, and if you have gone into yourself you become rather tired, and you cannot, when you are tired, attend. So just go – I am going purposely slowly, because so that you are... You can gradually gather your energy so that you are able to investigate together. So we are saying what is attention and what is inattention. Attention means to attend, to give all your energy to... a to look, to attend, to hear, to absorb, to see. You can only do that for a couple of seconds, probably, or a minute, and that attention goes down and there is inattention right? – You are not completely attentive. Right, you have understood? Attention demands that you give all your energy, with all your senses, with all your mind and heart, completely attentive. But that intense. Attention cannot be sustained by most people. So, inattention comes. But when you are aware of that inattention that you are not attending, that very perception that you are not attending is attention. You got it? Have you got it? Have you? So that uh, what is important is that there is no conflict in the mind. Never saying, I was attentive, I know what it means, I want to capture it again, that whole movement is… If you are aware, of it, is attention.
1: The fourth extract is from Krishnamurti's fourth talk in New Delhi, 1966, titled Extraordinary Attention.
0: The question I ask. Who is the observer when there is no observer and the observed? You understand the question? (coughs) That is, we said, the speaker said, that when there is total attention there is neither the observer nor the observed. When there's complete attention, right? So one must understand what we mean by the word attention. There is no attention when there is any kind of endeavor, effort. Right? If I'm making an effort to attend, my energy is gone in making the effort. Right? So the first thing I realize what it means to attain. And there is no attention <coughs> if there is any form of trying to shape the attention, trying to limit it, trying to enforce it in a particular direction. And there is no attention if there is thought functioning according to inclination, pleasure, desire, or temperament, or compelled by circumstances, which is, if there is any form of image, there is no attention. So, all this means meditation. Not the meditation that you some of you may practice, which is repetition, which is Ram Ram, Sita, whatever the blinking name is. Uh, That's all. uh, That's just a repetition of words that, which makes the mind dull, and the mind, which is made dull, can be very silent, but it's still a dull mind. So, what we are saying, of attention, when there is no image, when there is no time. The time being a process of thinking within the field of consciousness, and all consciousness is the result of time and so on. And in that boundary of consciousness, attention is not possible. And this coming to this attention, which is the most, if you know it, is the most easiest thing, because attention comes when there is an awareness of every action, feeling, act, a thought that you have. That is, attention comes into being when there is self-knowing, not according to some philosophy or uh, some psychologist and so on, but actually knowing yourself as you are, your thoughts, your gestures, the way you say, talk to your wife, to your husband, to your boss, just to be aware of your reactions, not to condemn it, not to justify it, not to translate it into something, but just to observe, (coughs) to be aware, choicelessly of that. From that comes this extraordinary attention in which there is neither image, nor time, nor thought. And in that state of attention, which is meditation. In that state of attention, there is no observer, nor the observed. So try it, do it. Don't ask me, who is the observer when there is no observer or the observed. Do it. When there is no observer, Does the observed exist? That's the first thing. When there is no observer, does the thing observed exist? Of course it exists. It exists as it is, not as you would like it to exist. A tree, observe it. If you have no symbol about that tree, symbol being the image, the knowledge, the uh, the species, and so on, so on, so on. But merely having no botanical knowledge, but just to look, give your whole attention to that looking. That is to look with attention means your nerves, your body, your ears, your eyes, with your heart, everything that you have, look to look, and therefore it means energy. and that energy is dissipated when you have an image about that, the object. Then if you do this, you will find out for yourself that a mind which is so completely attentive is an empty mind. And from that emptiness and silence there is an action, even with regard to the most ordinary things,
1: The final extract in this episode is from a direct recording by Krishnamurti in Ojai, 1983, titled Awareness, Attention and Insight
0: At the end of every leaf, there was a drop of water sparkling the sun like an extraordinary jewel, And there was a slight breeze. But that breeze didn't in any way disturb or destroy that drop on those leaves that were washed clean by the late rain. It was a very quiet morning, full of delight, peaceful. And a sense of benediction was in the air. And as you watched the leaf and the sparkling bright light on every clean leaf, the earth became extraordinary in spite of all the telegraph wires and their ugly coasts. In spite of these of those shops and all the noise of the world, the earth was rich. Abiding, enduring. And though there were earthquakes here and there, most destructive, the earth was still beautiful. One never appreciates the, the earth unless one really lives with it, works with it. Put your hands in the dust, lifting the big rocks and stones and using pickaxe and crowbar, you never learned the extraordinary sense of being with the earth, the flowers, the gigantic trees, and the strong grass, the hedges along the road. Everything was alive at the moment, and you watched. And there was a sense of great joy, and and the heavens were blue, and the sun was slowly coming out of the hills, and there was life. As you watched the mockingbird on the wire, electric or telephone, it was doing its antiques, jumping high, doing a somersault, come down in the same spot on the wall. As you watched, it was enjoying itself, flying in the air and then coming down, So, As you watched, the shrill cries and the enjoyment of life. Only that bird existed. The watcher didn't exist. Was no longer there. Only the bird, grey and white, with longish tail. And that watching without any movement of thought, and watching the Glory of the bird that was enjoying itself. We never watch long. Watch with great patience. Watch without any sense of your the watcher. Then time ceased. Time had stopped. Watching. Those birds, those droplets, and the quivering leaves, watching the bees in the flowers, watching the long trail of ants. One doesn't take time to watch or have patience to. One learns a great deal through watching Watching people, the way they walk, their talk, their gestures. You can see through their vanity, or their negligence of their own body, their indifference, their callousness, There was an eagle flying high in the air and it was circling without a beat of the wing. Carried away by the air current and went beyond the hills and was lost. Watching. Learning. Learning is time. But watching has no time. Or when you listen, listen without any interpretation, without any react, Listen without any bias. Listen to that thunder in the skies, the thunder of it rolling among the hills. One never listens completely. is always in inter- interruption. Watching and listening in great awe. without any reaction, without any sense of the listener or the seer, watching and listening. You learn much more, infinitely more than any book can you. Books are necessary, but watching, listening, sharpens your senses. After all, the brain is the centre of all the, the reactions and thoughts and memories and remembrance. But if your senses are not highly awakened, you cannot really watch and listen and learn not only to act, but learning, which is the soil in which the seed of goodness can grow. When there is this simple, clear watching and listening, then there is an awareness, Awareness of the colour of those flowers, red, yellow, white. and those leaves, the spring leaves, so tender, so delicate. To be aware of the heavens, the earth, the flowers, And those people that are passing by, they have been chattering along along that long road, never looking at everything, looking at the trees and the flowers and the skies and the marvelous hills. They're not even aware what's going on around them. They have talked a great deal about the environment, how we must protect nature and so on. But it seems they are not aware of the beauty and the silence of the hills and the dignity of a marvellous old tree. They are not even aware of their own thoughts, their own reactions. They are not aware of their... aware, just to be conscious, the way they walk, of their clothes. It does not mean that they are self-centred in their watching, in their awareness, but just to be aware. When you are aware, there is choice of what to do or what not to do, like and dislike, your biases, your fears, your anxieties. The joys that you have remembered The pleasures that we have pursued. In all this, there is choice. And we think choice gives us freedom. And we like that freedom to choose. That freedom we think is necessary to choose. Or rather, Choice gives us that sense of freedom. But there is no choice when there is clarity, when you see things very, very clearly. And that leads us to an awareness without choice. To be aware without any like condition. To be aware of that questioning lawyer, rude, clever, cunning, is thought to trap you. For he thinks he's protecting his client, and the client is paying him. So you listen to that lawyer who is gradually building up a case against you. And he is fishing around, and you are aware choicelessly of his words, of his intentions, of the cause he is following. There is no choice in that, you are just being aware All this is going on in your brain. The watching, the awareness, and the choiceless awareness is all the activity of the brain. And when there is this really simple, honest, choiceless awareness, that leads to Another fact, which is attention. The word itself means to stretch out, to grasp, to hold on, move in that that sense. To pay attention, to be diligent in that attention. Do things with a great diligence. We still, the activity of the brain, within the brain, and the brain, as it is conditioned, is naturally limited. Watching, awareness, choiceless awareness, attention. Is within the area of the brain. And the brain is being conditioned, is limited. Conditioned by all the winds of past generations, the impressions, the traditions, and all the Folly and the goodness of men. And all action from this attention is still within the, is still limited. That which is limited must inevitably bring disorder. When one is thinking about oneself from morning till night, one's own worries, one's own desires, one's own demands and fulfillments and so on. This self centeredness is very, very limited. And in its relationship with another who is also limited, there must be friction, there must be the strain and the and the disturbances of of many kinds, the perpetual violence of human beings. And when one is attentive to all this, being aware, attentive, then out of that comes insight, Inside is not an act of remembrance, the continuation of memory. Inside is like a flash of light. You see, there. You see everything absolutely clearly. The whole complications, the consequences, the intricacies. And in that from that insight or the very insight is action, <laughs> complete. In that there are no regrets, no looking back, no sense of weighing, balancing, discriminating, all that. This is pure, clear insight perception, without any shadow of doubt. For most of us, we begin with certainties, and as we grow older, that very certainty changes to uncertainty. And we die with uncertainty. But if one began with uncertainty, doubting, questioning, often demanding, real doubt of man's behaviour. All the religious rituals and so on, and their images and their symbols, then out of that doubt grows the clarity of certainty. An insight into violence, for example, or greed or end. There's a clear insight into violence. That very insight banishes away all violence. That insight is outside the brain, if I'm so put it. It's not of time, it's not of remembrance, of knowledge. And so that very insight, and with its action, changes the very brain cells. And there is an action which is so complete, and from that completion there can be logical, same, rational action. This whole movement, From watching, listening to this thunder of insight, this one movement, it's not step by step by step, I've come to that. It's like a swift arrow. And that insight alone can uncondition the brain. Not the effort of thought, which is determination. Seeing the necessity, none of that will bring about total freedom from conditioning. All this is time and the ending of time. Man is time bound, and that bondage to time is the movement of thought. So where there is an ending to thought and to time there's total insight. And only then the extraordinary capacity of the brain. So the word capacity is not right. Then you can do the flowering of the brain. And only then it has a relationship complete with the mind.